This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. It's Racing Game. It's the final Friday of the month already. Sheila Singham from Human Equation here in our Tools for Transformation series. Um, and of course, what we do is uh, we review some cases, real life cases of situations. And, uh, you know, we'll go through this process of uh, NLP and how to go through it as well. And these are very real situations, right? It's probably people you've met la, and you cannot put a name down. Oh, no. Yeah, it's people I've met, people I've spoken to casually. Sometimes sometimes people come to me coaching and, and I do have their permission to sort of talk about the success stories. Some of them let me use their names and pictures. Some of them say we'd rather not. And I respect that. Yeah. yeah. So that's why there are no names mentioned. Okay. So these are, of course, you know, work-related uh, situations. And this first case, um, a manager could not get along with her team. Uh, they either ignored her emails or replied to them in a curt manner. They never invited her to go for meals or breaks. Their body language and voice tone was very confrontational. And she was making no headway with them. So how did you handle that? Or how can someone handle that? Because, you know, mm. you hear these situations, you hear friends, you know, uh, I'm just thinking whether I've experienced, not really, but like, you know, there are moments, uh, maybe you came into this team that was already there and you're suddenly this new manager and, you know, you're trying to get to know these people as well. Frida, you said something that was very telling. You said mm. you probably never encountered situations like this. Mm. And a lot of times, our communication is to do with what we are projecting. Mm. You come across as being really, you know, very friendly, very warm. And likely that's why people respond to you accordingly. Mm. It's very hard if you're warm and friendly to have someone, you know, respond to you in a very negative or rough way. Unless they've got some issues that, that need to be sorted out. See, right. it's never others. It's always self. Huh? Ah, it's always self. I hate that. I know. I hate that too. <laughs> but the, 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 the reality of it is, um, you know, as my, my husband and business partner, Kippy Warren, always says, you cannot change the 8 billion people. Is it 8 billion? 8 now? billion. You no. cannot change 8 billion people He's in the added world. added a billion now. Yeah, but you can just, oh, 7 billion. You can just change yourself, mm. right? So what we did with this uh, young manager is, first of all, she had risen up, up uh, from the ranks, okay, because of her technical competencies. And that's another story. You know, you, you, you promote people because of technical competencies without giving them EQ skills and managerial and leadership skills and just expect them to just wade right in and lead a yeah. team. Just you because know? you were good in sales doesn't make you a good sales, sales manager. manager. Absolutely. And I found that, you know, when people come to me for coaching. So what we did with this young manager was we sort of started her off with some what we call presuppositions of uh, NLP, or I can re- rephrase that as success beliefs. Okay, number one, resistance is a sign of lack of rapport. So if people are resisting you, it's because you haven't taken the time to build rapport. Now, if you want to sell ideas, if you want to get people to cooperate with you, you need to be in rapport with them. All right. Number two, perception is projection. What you have inside your head is what you are projecting out. So if I have negative thoughts about my people, that's what I'm projecting out. If I have negative thoughts about myself and my capabilities as a manager, that's what I'm projecting out. So what you send out is what you get back in a sense. The next thing is the meaning of your communication is the response you get. So basically, don't assume that just because you have given instructions the way you want, 
people have um, received it the way you want them to receive it because everyone's got filters. So what you're saying goes through their filters. And finally, the the fourth uh, one is that you are in charge of your mind and therefore your results. So whatever you're putting in your mind, whatever you're thinking, whatever beliefs you hold, they're all going to be impacting the results you get in your life. So first of all, we gave her this these presuppositions of NLP, sort of get her to loosen her map of the world, so to speak. You know, the, those things that she holds in her head. For example? Uh, those things are like, you know, for example, that I'm a manager and, you mm. know, and I got to hold myself aloof and, ah. you know, stand up there in my ivory tower and everybody has to come down and, you know, do what I say kind of thing. Today's world, it doesn't work like that, especially when you're working with young people. They don't care. They don't yeah. care about your title. They care about you and how how much integrity you have, how uh, congruent you are, how you can interact with them. Now, young people respond very well to rapport. To build rapport with them, you get maximum out of them. Okay? So the next thing we did was to use a, what we call the perceptual positions exercise where we take her out of her shoes and into like what we call a neutral third position So and let her look at her own interaction. So she's up there and, as, as if she's out of you know someone else at a third party looking at her own interactions and examining her own facial expression. Her tonality, the words that she's using, her gestures, her posture and all that. And she actually went out there and she, she, she kind of like looked at herself and said, Ah, yes, I, I've got that, you know, remote, unapproachable. Ho- ho- holier than thou. Ah, holier than thou, unapproachable. I'm the manager, so you listen to me kind of at it stands, you know. So when she saw that, and then I got her to step into the shoes of her people. Here's someone who was a colleague and then she's promoted and now she's like pulling rank on us and all that sort of thing. You know, she forgets that we were buddies. Yeah, it doesn't, she's still our manager. We take instructions from her, but still, you know, you don't have to suddenly get into this persona. (laughs) Manager uh, persona. Manager persona like that. Then after that, we gave her some rapport building skills. We taught her how to match and mirror physically and then also, you know, in terms of tonality. Uh, we, we taught her to identify what could be the preferred communication styles of her, her people. Some people like you to send them emails. Some people like you to go and pat them on the shoulder and talk to them and tell them. Some people respond well to, you know, contact, you know, a pat on the shoulder, so to speak. Some people don't like that. So you also accordingly adjust. Mm. If you're the hail fellow, well met kind of person, go pat people on the back. Like KP Warren. Ah, like KP Warren. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it can be very threatening to a person who does not like that kind of thing. So you need to, you need to actually, as we say, uh, adapt your communication style to suit the other persons. Uh-huh. And then finally, uh, of, of course, like that, we also got her to find out, just go up to them, have chats, find out what are their common interests, um, and then talk to them about it. And we got her to invite the members of the team out one-on-one for chats to say, mm. look, uh, I want to have a meeting with you. Let's go for lunch. And then the meeting, just so just talk about casual stuff. You know, then the, 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 uh, the employee says, I thought we were having a meeting. No, I just thought we'll have lunch. Never mind, we'll have the meeting for another time. We're having so much fun. So you start building rapport in different ways. You know, I, I met this uh, the CEO of a company and what he did with all his senior management is they, they have fun together. They go for, I, I met them at the UB40 concert. I met them, you know, so wherever there's fun stuff. And he says that I want all the senior managers to be friends because when you're friends, 
you work better together because I, you know, so it's just simple things like that. Wow, you know, that you make a point to just do this and it's something completely out of work. Now, I have this thing though. When I was working in my previous job, I had a regional role and a lot of my communication was not face to face, a lot of it was on the phone Mm. and language. So I found that very challenging. So, I mean, I can try to have a friendly voice, then you think, okay, better speak slowly in case they don't understand me. Mm. And then when I communicate over the, you know, via email am i communicating warmly so all that like so we have this internal chat thing as well mm. so you try to you know be friends as much as possible these are some of the things that i can do without being able to meet someone physically face to face yeah yeah mm. yeah that's true also i mean here's the thing though when we talk about matching tonality and things like that when you start off a conversation and someone is sort of very kind of brusque and a bit remote and you start off all oh, ah all friendly and all that there's a mismatch you Mm. see so what you need to do is start off by matching that tonality not be cold be Mm. polite and sincere hello how are you yes how are you so if they are very crisp and professional you also take on that crisp and professional stand so that actually helps to build a rapport until you are in rapport then you can you know sort of get on get onto a more friendly note now Mm, okay, so that was one one of the things that you know was mm. still constantly. Like, I guess you can. I do pick up the phone and chat and yeah. all that, you know, uh, you know, as much as possible as well. But that is uh, that again. Uh, I guess you can still match your 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 tone. Your, your tone yeah, uh, how the person and your words person. and key phrases. Here's the thing: in face to face communication, your physiology comes across as you know the the, the most with, with the most messages. Yeah, but over the phone, in and then it's your tonality. But if you don't have phone, if you're communicating Communicating by email, then your words become very important. So, mm. what you want to do is match. In in some someone sent you an email, pick out the key phrases and all that, and send it back. Now, this is one thing I do, and this is a good a technique for people who are sending proposals. Look at your cri- client's brief and see what are the words that they have used in their brief, and like you know, in objectives and all that. And when you uh, prepare your brief, use similar words ah, in your objectives, same style. same style, same key phrases, same words. So, what is coming? across to the other parties that hey this guy is actually listening to what I'm saying and giving me what I want hmm. Hmm. you know but sometimes I, I find that this I don't know if this it works to a certain extent maybe maybe because you know people know me but I'll reply suddenly very casually hmm. and then it, everybody's sort of like a bit more relaxed. Maybe mm. they, they think I'm formal, mm. right? And when I reply casually, they're like, oh, okay. Mm. And everything becomes easier. Yeah, it could be that way. Sometimes also it's a bit of like a pattern interrupt. When there's a certain ah. pattern of behavior going on and you do a pattern interrupt, means you do something completely different, Everyone just kind of like, you know, the barriers just break down ah, suddenly. Yeah. Okay. So we use that sometimes. So that's well. what I've been doing. <laughs> All right. And we'll talk about another case study after this. I'm here with Sheila Singham from Human Equation in our Tools for Transformation series. Race Game, BFM 89.9. Bring forth money. BFM 89.9. Good morning. If you've just joined us, this is Raise Your Game. I'm Frida Liu, Sheila Singham from Human Equation here in our Tools for Transformation series. Uh, it's the final Friday of the month. Um, and of course, what we do here is we talk about situations in the workplace and how do you handle it using these tools. And of course, in this case, NLP tools. Now, earlier on, we talked about a manager not being able to get on well with the team. Um, this The second case study here is um, a client and her husband are both lawyers. And just after 
in marriage, they decided they would like to have family and they started to focus on that. Um, after some time, um, she didn't still didn't get pregnant, so she decided to give up her job to reduce the stress of work to make getting pregnant the number one priority. Uh, but she still did not get pregnant and got really depressed about it. The doctor said there was nothing wrong with her. Uh, she has three sisters. They all had a lot of problems getting pregnant. One of them didn't conceive an, at all and the others had to wait for years. Uh, so she believes it is genetically uh, determined. Uh, her husband and her uh, didn't really talk about this anymore. Uh, she felt bad because it's her fault as the problem is on her side of the family. She feels guilty because uh, her husband was so looking forward to having a son so he could play soccer with him. And she's thinking of giving up and going back to work. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> what do you do? There's a whole heap of things in that. You yeah. know, if you look at that case study and what she's saying, first of all, there's a whole heap of limiting beliefs. Mm. Okay, number Doctors one. Doctors say okay, but she is mm. thinking something else. Mm. I can't conceive because it's genetically predetermined. Now, unless a doctor comes, a geneticist comes and says that there's actually something in the chromosome that predisposes you to get that illness, I think a lot of us acquire these limiting beliefs. My parents had this, my grandparents had this, so I'm going to be like this. So first of all, limiting belief. I can't conceive because of my genes. Huh? Number two, I need to give up my job to get pregnant. Mm. Okay? If I, if I give up my job, no stress, then I'll get pregnant. Number three, it's my fault my husband is unhappy. Mm. Right? And also, the problem lies with me. So all these are limiting beliefs. First of all, we need to dismantle the limiting beliefs and the negative emotions, her depression and things like that. Okay, she had guilt, she had sadness, and she had depression. Now, one of the things I always do with clients who come to me with guilt is I remove the guilt. I tell them guilt is such an unproductive emotion. Anger and fear gets, keeps us safe sometimes, you know, if you're you, the fight or flight uh, uh, okay, response. Okay, sadness is sometimes a bit natural, but you don't want to carry sadness throughout your life. Huh? But guilt, what use is there? I mean, I'm saying that if, if you've done something wrong, go, confront it, apologize, confess, confess <laughs> apologize, forgive, uh, receive forgiveness, whatever, and move on with a clean slate. Huh? So, okay, for, so in the instance of this um, lady, first of all, we got rid of the limiting beliefs. The limiting beliefs that says, because my sisters can't conceive and all that, it must be. If the doctor said there's nothing wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you. Okay, everything is in order, you know, in place, all your machinery is in order to, to reproduce, then, you know, why are you not taking on that belief? Why are you choosing to hold on to the other belief? So remove that belief, okay? The next thing is also we identify what she wanted. Basically, you want to work or not work. Are you holding a belief that if you work, you can't conceive, you can't be a good mother and things like that? So remove that belief as well. Okay, and plant the belief that she can work and have a child by pointing to all the success stories of women who have, mm. who have done that and, and, and brought up children well and things like that. So this is where you use metaphors, you use stories and, you know, other case studies and all that. And then also after that, if she, if she says, yeah, actually, I would like to still work and, and she takes on the belief, yeah, I can work and conceive and, you know, have a child because all those beliefs are gone. Then we set a well-formed outcome for her career as to what you really want to do. Maybe you can embark onto a, a career, a job where you can, you know, have a child and then work from home or go into the office part-time. So you, you just get a clear focus on what you want to do. So that kind of alleviates any kind of guilt that you might have, you know, that about leaving um, your child at home. Give her state management skills, get her into a productive state, into a, um excited state and all that to go out there and maybe go back to work and things like that. Also get her to talk 
talk to her husband. She's just assuming that, mm. oh, you know, he's sad because he has no son to play soccer. And this is a mind read. And a lot of us have mind read. <laughs> Capabilities. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I'm doing this to the other person and then they take on guilt. I mean, how do you know what's going on in someone and else's mind? We do this all the unless time. Unless you're Professor X. Yes, well, I mean, I tell you, we all love doing this. I know she's angry with me. See her face when she looks at me. I know I've done this something to upset someone. And then you go and ask the person and say, Actually, Nola, no, no, upset. No, I'm going to finish already. Forgotten. You know what I mean? Not So we uh, always take on burdens uh, it's just just something we love to do like. so and then also um, so once she's done that also open her up to other possibilities you know get her into a state of relaxation take her mind away what you project is what you get I can't conceive I can't conceive that's what you get back so put the belief inside of her that she can conceive and she can have a child but first of all you've got to clear her, her mind and mm. all those things that might be limiting her from conceiving Hmm. So I mean I mean it really goes to show the power of the mind, right? The mind is where it all starts, La Fita. You know, everything, your health issues, a lot of the time, your lim- what holds you back from soaring ahead in your career, uh, what interferes with your relationships. But a lot of the time, the reason why we, we don't want to do anything about it is always easier to blame the other person. Hmm. And it's always be easier to blame circumstances and our past and all that. Um, and so that you don't really have to take the responsibility. So one of the first things I do in coaching, when I remove all of this, I ask the client, do you really want to do this? What will happen if you do? What's going to change in your life? Are you prepared for that? Yeah, and maybe it's the fear of change, the lifestyle change as well. Yeah. So in this case, I don't know how recent it is. It Do we have good news? She went back to work. She conceived. Oh. All right. Mm. So she's she's now in the midst of uh, mm. expecting the baby. Mm. Okay. Mm. Hopefully he's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the husband can play soccer with. <laughs> yeah. Because for, for me, one thing I do when people come to me with this kind of like recurring issues, now, first thing I ask them is, have you gone and got yourself medically checked out? Yeah. You know, I will never presume to say, oh, I'm not doing wrong. Go and get all the tests done. If the tests come back that, okay, there's something mm. phys- wrong physiologically and all that, even then I will say, hold out the hope that, you know, you can change what your body is doing by mm. putting the right thoughts in your mind. Because mm. I've, I've done enough of studies to know that the mind has a tremendous impact on the body. Mm. I've even done my own self-healing that way, but that's mm. a story for another day. Mm. Maybe I'll use that as a case study. A case study for the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for being with us. I'll see you at the end of next month. Uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation in our Tools for Transformation series. So she'll be uh, back for the final Friday of next month. You've been listening to Raise Your Game, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.